Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another My Angular Story. Um, we're also going to post this on my JavaScript story because uh, Tara's been involved in some of the other JavaScript-related stuff that we've done on devchat.tv. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're here with Tara Manixic. Yep. You want to just give a brief introduction and I'll try and uh, find all the episodes you've been on? Sure. So my name is Tara Manixic and I am a developer advocate for Progress. I have been on their Kenda UI team, which is a UI component library uh, that supports Angular and React and Vue and jQuery and all that fun stuff. So I've also... I'm a Google developer expert on the web technologies team because I love to talk about progressive web apps and service workers and just uh, the web in general, I find very exciting and fascinating, which I hope you do too, because that's what mostly this show is about. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I think you were on, I'm trying to find the episode, but I, I can't seem to find those episodes. You were on React Roundup. Yes. As a panelist, you helped us start that show. Yeah, I, I was looking and I couldn't find the episodes that you've been on for Adventures in Angular or JavaScript Jabber, but I'm pretty sure you've been on both shows. So yes. I'll have to put those in the show notes. The elusive episodes. Maybe it's like an Easter egg episode that you didn't even know you Easter egged. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, let's let's get in and talk about your experience as a developer. I think it's interesting, especially since you've kind of gone a, how do I put it, non-traditional route because you're, you've been a developer advocate and, and, and things like that. So mostly what, what I've interacted with you about is either your work as a developer advocate or at community things. Right? Yeah, because I actually started out uh, I actually started out as a business school dropout, <laughs> but, uh, but I was a software engineer. And from there, I was very active in the community. Um, so, so basically, I started out like in second grade, we had learned logo. So we had, you know, making squares with turtles. And because I was very fortunate to be in a math and science magnet school, because um, I loved math. Mm. And from there... I actually went to college for marketing because I was like, oh, I really like math and, you know, people. And it turns out that's not really what marketing is. Um, but so I, I basically just took all my math classes and some ceramic classes and like classical guitar until they were like, 
you can't go here anymore. And I was like, okay. So I went ahead and just kind of did my thing. I joined AmeriCorps and helped like Katrina disaster relief. And it was like, it was very, uh, very eye opening for someone from, you know, a small town in Ohio, just to see that kind of devastation, but also see that as a human being, you can put energy and effort, even if you don't have any money into helping people and you can actually make a change. And so that was really, um, I had done a lot of community service work in school, but that was really eye-opening to me to see just like how communities can come together. So in that instance, it's like, you know, a neighborhood community or a community of helpers coming to help a neighborhood. But again, it was like that action to take, to give your time, to like be with people, to help and give your energy towards helping build up a community. So, you know, different context. But I actually followed my boyfriend to, he was getting his master's in architecture in Massachusetts. And I followed him, but it's okay. He wanted me to follow him. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we're actually, it's been, that was 10 years ago. So we're still, we're married. We're still going strong. So still um, your boyfriend. Nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and so uh, I actually started working there doing odd and end jobs and found my way um, because I I bluffed in an um, interview. They asked me to do crystal reports at Harvard Law School. Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do that. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> I like they were like, OK, you'll start next week. So I took that weekend to figure out what the heck crystal reports were. Uh, and like, thankfully it was just like, you know, a database system. And, um, I hadn't worked with computers besides, you know, the regular, you know, word and Excel and messing around with HTML. But, um, I got into that. And then from that led to actually working at atmospheric research group at Harvard, uh, doing admin, you know, like normal daily activities, like helping, uh, my professor who helped discover the hole in the ozone layer, write a textbook and, you know, buying million dollar lasers. So just normal stuff. (laughs) um, But, uh, we were able to, uh, take tuition assistance. There was a tuition assistance program for, um, Harvard extension school. And basically that was like, especially with the CS courses, it was mostly all the Harvard CS teachers, as well as there was one led by um, some MIT professors uh, called screen-based and physical and screen-based computing, Mm -hmm. where you were able to work with the, it's called processing, which is a language that came out of MIT. And at the time it was just Java-based and then work with electronics. And my mom was an electronics teacher at the community college. So I grew up around breadboards. So I wanted to do this more. And that's basically how I got back into CS uh, as I took this course. And then I was like, oh, Java, I'm going to learn more of this so I can make more cool things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I took CS 101 and then data structures and then just kept going until it turned out I had a degree. And that's how I got a degree from Harvard Extension School. <laughs> nice. Yeah, from from lying about crystal reports. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> I know. It's like kind of ridiculous. But because of that, I was a non-traditional student. So um, I had special student status which uh, because of my, my grades that allowed me to take regular courses. But that meant that everybody I was taking courses with was like 18 to 20 years old, like mm-hmm. much 
much younger than me. Um, and so I found actually found women who code there in Boston and was able to um, use that group as an anchor to the tech community. And I really appreciated what they did. So I moved to Cincinnati and got my first job actually as a node software engineer and realized that women who code didn't, oops, didn't exist here in Cincinnati. So I created it. And that's how I started in the community. Ooh, that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 well, it's, it's just, it's interesting, right? It's a lot of people, it's like, oh, well, somebody told me I should go into software. And so, I, <laughs> you know, right. So I started to teach myself and, you know, their, their story is, you know, somewhat common that way. But you know what? I, I kind of fibbed a little bit about my experience with Crystal Reports. And then, you know, you kind of wound up working your way along this path mm-hmm. to wind up where you are. And, and I'm curious too, you know, while you were in Boston, you found uh, Women Who Code. So h- how did that pull you along in your journey? Because, it, you know, it kind of sounds like it was just a community that supported you or was there more to it than that that got you to the point where you were actually out there, you know, looking for a job doing Node or something like that? So one of the first workshops that I did at Women Who Code was actually Open Hatch, which is, I believe it still exists. It's basically a group that introduces people to contributing open to open source software. And uh-huh. I felt really lucky that I found that because it got me to a point where I was familiar with open source software before I think many people were. Or I mean, like in in your career, like so many times I know with people who come through Women Who Code, if they came through a boot camp, most of the time they understand what open source software is and um, understand Git and whatnot. But we were coming from a traditional background where the only, you know, in when I was going to school, they were still teaching Flash. So there wasn't much uh, that people and people weren't really using Git unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really gave me an opportunity to get involved in open source very quickly and understand that there were ways I can contribute beyond just, you know, making a brand new software, you know, cause I was, you know, my whole goal when I went to school was like, I should probably make a JavaScript framework. I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally <joking. laughs> the world needs a few more of those. Yeah. It's like, you know what we could use right now. <laughs> And then you can create a new testing framework to go with it. Exactly. (laughs) Just name it something that no one can pronounce. But yeah, so that helped a lot. But I think one of the biggest things that I know a lot of really great women who code organizers and, and we focus on this a decent amount where just the fact of having that support in the community or like knowing where you can find that support for I like to reach out, especially to women in my area who are doing online courses or self-teaching. And then like myself, I was, you know, doing classes where there would be study groups, but it was study groups for a specific class and not since I was, you know, different student status, I wasn't part of those study groups. So like actually having that kind of support from people in the area where, you know, because otherwise I'd be in my room banging my head until two in the morning because of some error that I have no idea what's going on. And even at the very least for someone to be like, yeah, I've been coding for four years. I still bang my head against the wall till two in the morning. It's like, oh, thank goodness. I'm not a 
total dum dum. But I actually found my when I moved back here to Cincinnati, I really liked uh, I really liked JavaScript. So I knew I wanted to or I wanted to do a career in Node, and I. But I kept seeing jobs for Ruby on Rails. Mm-hmm. And so I was very torn because I was like, yeah, I could do this. I have made projects with this. But I found a Node meetup and it happened to be talking about Tessel, which is an open source uh, microcontroller. So, and I love electronics. Like I actually had uh, the electric engineers at the place, the atmospheric research group, they trained me in how to be NASA certified solder. So I, it's so much fun. So I like, I love soldering and I love electronics. And so I went to this meetup just excited that someone in Cincinnati was talking about Node, let alone Node and electronics. And I've actually met my manager, Matt Hernandez, who's actually now at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And we like hit it off because I guessed correctly the 40 that was in his brown bag. <laughs> <laughs> and I I got the reference to um, Pragmatic Programmer because he like had it on his business card that he was like a soft, software craftsman. And I was like, I need to know these people. And I ended up working. It was a, a platform as a service for Node um, and eventually more later called Modulus. But it was like finding your people. It's like, oh, yeah, Meetup community helps me like find my people. <laughs> it's very exciting. Awesome. We've actually had Matt Hernandez on JavaScript Jabber. Lucky oh, lucky him. you. He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun conversation. Um, it was just, I met him back in April. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah he was at, he was at NGConf this year. So it was, it was great too. I think, I mean, I, NGConf is one of the my I mean my favorite my favorite conference especially for community I mean if you want to get to know the Angular community and actually like have fun with them as well I think that I mean that's by far my favorite conference. Yeah, it's it's probably mine as well. And it, what's really funny is it has a whole lot less to do with the fact that it's an Angular conference than just the way that they've put everything together. You know, it oh, yeah. kind of creates. It creates an atmosphere of, yeah, just fun and gives you lots of things to do that aren't code. Yeah. And the other end of that is that they've, I feel like they've set it up so that there's a lot of serendipity, right? It's really easy to run into people. Totally. And that creates a lot of opportunities to get to know people, to connect with them, and then to stay connected with them after the conference. Yeah. And I think, I think like what's really great is they have such amazing speakers on stage that are so like have such great insight to the technical parts that it goes hand in hand with like that. It's like, okay, now let's give your brain a break and eat some donuts off the donut wall. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. and that was my, um, so that was actually my uh, introduction to uh, the Angular community in person. And also one of my, like one of my first really big conferences that I went to and I have to tell you, I was so disappointed by every other conference after that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you call this food? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They go all out. It's pretty amazing. They have yeah. a great team. So I, I kind of want to roll back into your journey a little bit and talk yeah, a little sure. bit about Node. 
So you mentioned a lot of the jobs that you were seeing were Ruby on Rails. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how I came into programming. I still do a lot of Rails just on my own stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was it about Node that got you excited or got your attention, made you want to do that instead of Rails or something else? It was actually JavaScript. So um, like I started in Java. I didn't mind Java, but I hated Eclipse. I mm-hmm. like wanted that's, Eclipse to die. That's easy to do. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great IDE and I'm sure it works nicely for some people. <laughs> yes, yeah, some people will. I have to tell you though, I had, so I hadn't touched it for uh, like five years and I go to hang out with my nephew who uh-huh. is like seven, seven going on eight at the time. And he's like, Oh, I'm working on my Minecraft mods. And I was like, okay, do you need any help? And he opens up the eclipse and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it was so funny because I saw the screen and it was so hard not to just like swat it away. <laughs> But yes, some people may like Eclipse and good for you. Um, (laughs) But uh, so I didn't mind, I didn't mind Java, but it was just, it felt like so to having to do so much in order to get the reward of seeing something on the screen, you know, typing out so much and whatnot. So when I was introduced to JavaScript, I like one of the, like I saw, I saw the good parts of JavaScript, like the book before like very early on. So I think I was quite lucky. And I just, I felt, I don't know. It seems, it seems so uh, like when it's right, it's right. Right. (laughs) That sounds so ridiculous when talking about a programming language, but when like, when your whole job is writing in this language, you want one that feels right. You want one that just makes sense. And the Mm -hmm. ecosystem around it, you know, felt really, felt really solid and so knowing that I could take JavaScript and use it on the front end and use it on the back end and kind of have the point where I could kind of have a fluid or a, a solid foundation in one language felt really, really good to me. And it felt like the most, you know, concise way to do something is by just focusing. Like I'm a real big, I love to try and learn the fundamentals. Um, and try to have a solid base. And if I could have that solid base work for me, but on, you know, full stack, I didn't see why I would want to go anywhere else. So I'm extremely biased. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes sense. I mean, I've heard people talk about all kinds of different languages that way, right? Where it was just, you know, I started working in it and it just felt like this is the way programming supposed to be. Yeah. And yeah. it definitely felt like I could start coding something out and not think about, you know, you stop thinking about the language that you're coding in because you start thinking in that language. And so, you know, I worked, I worked with PHP for a bit as well. And that I, I never, I, you know, I don't want to hate on PHP because I spent a lot of time doing that. And then I realized the way that I feel about JavaScript, somebody feels about PHP. I did not feel that way about PHP. So, so finding JavaScript was very exciting to me because it just made coding much more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So you get in, you start doing Node, you start a chapter of Women Who Code. How how did that come together? So I actually, it it actually started with one event before I even knew that I could start Women Who Code. I, 
I had a made-up little thing called Detox and Debug, where we would go uh, do yoga in the park and drink, you know, healthy juices while debugging our code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not yoga and debugging. That would be very distracting. <laughs> uh, but one after the other. And somebody was like, you know, if you put this effort into, you know, just making a you know, an event, why don't you just do it for, you know, women who code so you have the backing? And I didn't realize that I could just start it, which I think kind of motivated me to do it. Like once I knew I could do it, I was like, okay, well, yes, let's do it. And it was a slow progression. Like one with women who code, you have to get set up. And I know more and more places are wanting to get set up. Uh, but then they give you support like through meetup and you have your Twitter handle and a Slack group and whatnot. But it's hard to get communities out in a place like Cincinnati where the communities here aren't always that big and it's hard to gather them together, which is, it's kind of a, uh, it's interesting because we've been trying to go out of it at at so many different approaches. Um, And I was actually on a panel at Node Summit uh, last week uh, about community that was, it was put on, the moderator was Tierney Siren and uh, we had, um, I have to, I want to look up her last name, but Patricia on the panel, if you check it out, it's a really great panel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not just tooting my own horn, <laughs> but everybody else on the panel was like Brian Holt, Patricia and Samantha. And I don't think I have Patricia's, uh, Patricia Rellini, but you can definitely check out that panel. I know that the videos for that are coming out soon, but, um, Patricia made really good points about the fact that, you know, maybe you just make your meetup uh, every other month so that, you know, you're not taking every week or every month away from somebody to bring them down there. Um, And then I also, Tracy Lee had made the suggestion about doing remote ones as well, where you screen it. So if people can't leave the house or people don't want to drive all the way down to downtown Cincinnati, they can make it as well. Um, But It's still going. Uh, I have an amazing director uh, now, um, Kat, and she just changed her last name, so I actually have to look that up as well. But um, it's basically the Kat Fairbanks. It's a lot of work to kind of get workshops together, get people excited about it to come down, but it's all worth it. I mean, even if you just like each meetup, you help one person either feel Mm -hmm. stronger in their career or have more technical ability that they didn't have before, it's all worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's been my experience with a lot of the meetups that I've attended as well is, yeah, you know, it's hard to make a massive difference for a lot of people. And uh, yeah, you know, at the meetup, it's just the one person that comes and they're stuck on the one thing and you just help them get past that. And it's like, oh yeah, I can get a job doing this or, oh, this isn't as hard as I thought or, you know, whatever. There, there's yeah. somebody who struggled with this like I did. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, unfortunately we do have women still, like the numbers, the numbers come and go. Um, but the thing is, there are women who don't feel supported in the tech community and, if we have any more resources out there to, you know, help people understand, you know, how to be a good ally or help women in the field feel supported Mm -hmm. or find ways to get support. I think that's very important. Yep, absolutely. I kind of, I'm worried a little bit about time, so I'm going to move on, but I think this is really, really interesting just to talk about, you know, local community because I feel like that's really where people make a difference. 
Um, oh, yeah. You've also been involved in the wider community. You know, you were one of the hosts at NGComp. You've uh, you've been a developer advocate for um, Kendo UI. You've been on our you know React podcast. What contributions are you most excited about as far as any of that goes in the wider community? So one thing that I have been proud of is that I try to come up with more and more interesting talk topics. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, what is the right word to describe this? And things that would just be fun to learn, like fun to learn during the talk, but give you that substantial information to take that technology or the software that I show you and use it where you need it. And um, one of the things that's been fun is I've been incorporating Tesla, which I had talked about earlier is the open source microcontroller. Mm-hmm. And it's actually an all volunteer crew that uh, puts together the Tesla project, but it's been fun to hook that up with Angular. And recently I hooked it up with React um, to get sensors, uh, sensor information, and uh, visualize the sensor information or basically take that information and send push notifications. Uh, I did it with plants so that when your plant needed watered based on the uh, moisture sensor, it would send you a push notification that your plant was dying and you better save it. (laughs) 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 Because I have killed so many plants. I I was going to say, I I mean, I need, I may need one of those. It's it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous, but um, but that and then I was able to. So I was not familiar with what developer advocacy was, which was very, which you would think would be bad for wanting that job, but it ended up being kind of beneficial because uh, one of the things I was like, well, can I take a camper up the west coast and talk to people about Angular progressive web apps? And they were like. Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> so I actually hooked up uh, some Philips Hue lights as a progressive web app with Angular. And I started the project down in Sacramento and built up the project till it was complete when I got to Seattle and just went to different meetups and organizations like Waffle.js and Donut.js mm-hmm. um, and different GDGs, uh, Google Developer Groups. Right. And uh, it was amazing not only to do so many talks and that was like about a two month span, but also just like go out to these groups and meet the different developers in those areas. It was it was fantastic because you could also just chat about your code as you're working on a project. And that's really what a big basis of these developer groups are is like bouncing these ideas off of people who understand what you're actually talking about. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And it sounds amazing too, just getting a camper and just going for a couple months. Oh yeah. I would like code all throughout the week and then go up into the mountains and just like hike all weekend or like sit out in the middle of a forest while coding on some IOT. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I have, I have five kids, so it'd be a little bit different, I think for me to be able to do it, but I just, I love that idea. I mean, I think they can lift logs. Should be fine. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> well, the other thing is, is that, um, you know, we could just go for, you know, a month or something and, you know, just rent or buy a trailer and just go. Oh, I highly recommend it, especially where you are. It's beautiful over there. Yeah. But I mean, you know, 
like on on the Pacific Coast, there you know there are meetups probably all along there. Exactly. And so we could start in LA and then work our way up, you know, and exactly, especially okay. for the show, it'd be awesome to talk to a bunch of people that are in those areas. Yeah. Well, and for you know, for you know, let's say we have three days in the middle, right? So we go to LA, uh, do a meetup, talk to a few folks. And then go to Disneyland for the three-day break and then go up to the next place. Yeah, I'd love to do that, Chuck. Thanks for the invite. (laughs) (laughs) Go hit the beach over there. So anyway. (laughs) That is right up my alley. By far, my favoriteest things are uh, roller coaster coding and my dog, Toshi. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) But but yeah, so besides that, just um, being in the community in general has been really fantastic. Co-emceeing... Uh, NG Comp with Frosty, with Aaron, mm-hmm. <laughs> with Aaron Frost was so awesome because like I said, the NG Comp was like really my, my first introduction to meeting some of the people who have been using their code for, for so many projects, like meeting them in person. So beginning, like getting to be in the center of that and meet more and more developers, people in the community was just amazing. So yes, I love so never be afraid to come and say hi to me if you see me in public because I may look really mean, but I swear I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you look really mean. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I know you, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I may actually like I may actually be smiling and laughing every time you probably see me. It's probably a rare occasion I'm not. I'm a happy person, I can't help it. <laughs> All right. Well, I do have another podcast in 15 minutes. So I'm going to kind of skip a little bit to the end. What are you working on now? Right now, I am um, switching over to work for Kinvey at Progress, uh, mobile backend as a service, um, and starting to work starting to work with their Node SDK, which is really interesting and fun to work with. But uh, you will be hearing more about that from me soon. Um, and very exciting. I am the co-chair for Angular at Connect Tech this year. So I'm um, doing a talk teaching people how to learn React, or sorry, <laughs> how to learn Angular, and basically uh, good foundational steps to help people teach people how to learn Angular. And I'm just excited to go to Connectic and have a good time with everybody there. So fun stuff. Sounds good. Well, do you have any uh, picks for us? Anything you want to shout out about? For you, the listeners of My Angular Story, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Just enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Loot Crate is one of my favorite things. Every month I get a box in the mail, costs less than $20, and it comes with all kinds of goodies. I have stuff from just looking at my shelf, Batman, Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings... Star Wars, and much, much more. So if you're a geek, a gamer, anything like that, and you want cool stuff to put around your office, cool t-shirts, comic books, etc., then definitely check out Loot Crate. To save 10% on your new subscription, go to lootcrate.com slash ruby. Again, that's lootcrate.com slash ruby to save 10% on any new subscription. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. 
So those were, so the Connect Tech uh, was one of my shout outs. If you haven't uh, seen it, check it out. That's coming up in October. Um, I also will be keynoting the DevFest Atlanta in September, talking about JavaScript everywhere. <laughs> so talking about how we need to make the, or what steps we need to do uh, to make the path much clearer and cleaner for developers to be able to use um, JavaScript front and back seamlessly. Um, and then the last shout out that I think is very important for people to know about is Cedar Point in Sandusky, just the best amusement park in the world. I highly recommend checking it out. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever even heard of it. So you must go and ride the dragster. It's it's the best. Okay. <laughs> your kids will love it. You may you may have a headache afterwards, but your kids will love it. Yeah. <laughs> We have an amusement park here in Utah called uh, Lagoon. And uh, so funny The when I was a kid, I must have been like eight. We went with uh, some of our neighbors and uh, they had a big roller coaster that did two loops. Loops, yeah. And uh, we we somehow talked both of our moms in, in, into, how, into going on it. And yeah, my mom got off of it with a major headache and <laughs> my friend's mom got off and promptly went and found a garbage can and threw up. <laughs> I just got a new car. Um, I got it. The new, the electric car, the BMW electric car. It's uh -huh. I3. I got it used. So I paid like half the price that people actually pay for this. Right. But, um, but it zips and it makes this noise like roller coasters. And I'm, I love it so much. And I'm like, Oh man, is it just feeding my roller coaster addiction? I can't there you tell. Go. <laughs> But uh, thank you very much for having me on, Chuck. That was fun. Yeah, no problem. I have a few shout outs of my own that I'm going to do real quick and then we'll uh, wrap it up. So I've mentioned this on some of the shows and I just want to make sure that people are aware because this episode will come out on my Angular story in the middle of August. And August, I'm doing a pre-sale for my How to Get a Job course and book. Nice. So if you are looking for a developer job, uh, this is the thing that I get asked about the most. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to do a video course. I'm going to do an ebook on it. Um, I've been talking about doing it for a while. And I finally just, you know, I'm like, look, I'm going to launch it by Labor Day, which is if you're not in the US, that's the first Monday in September. So I have a month and I'm, I'm putting that out. So Yay. if you want the video course or the book, go to getacoderjob.com. Or you can just go to devchat.tv and click on courses or products or whatever the link says. I can't remember. And you'll be able to get that. You'll be able to get it. And um, if you pre-order it, I'm going to have some stuff in there right away that you can get started on. Because I want people to be able to buy it and start doing stuff. But yeah, um, as I release things and edit things and things like that, you'll get new versions of the product. So, um, you know, go go check it out. Go pick it up. And uh, yeah, it's 50% off for the pre-sale. So nice. yeah, don't miss out. Who doesn't um, love a sale? Yep. And I think my JavaScript story, I think we're booked out past uh, Labor Day. So if you heard this on my JavaScript story, or I guess people, you know, if you missed the pre-sale, watch for when this episode drops on my JavaScript story and then just use the coupon code, my JavaScript story, and uh, you'll be able to get the 50% off. I haven't looked at the release date. So if the release date does work out that this comes out before the pre-launch, then no coupon code. But 
anyway, that that's what I'm working on these days. And then I've been playing this game on my phone, and uh, Eric Berry from Ruby Rogues got me hooked on it. And uh, it's uh, Golf Clash. <laughs> so I've been playing a lot of golf on my phone. It's it's kind of ridiculous, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I've been really enjoying it. So I hope it's more fun than real golf. Real golf is a blast. <laughs> I just got new golf clubs, and I'm going on Friday with my brother. So I like driving. I mean, like I like hitting it far, and I like driving the golf cart. But uh, yeah. <laughs> You got to work on your short game, Tara. I know. You think I'd be good at that? I'm only five one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every every one of my games is a short game. <laughs> <laughs> Just takes practice. A little bit of coaching. <laughs> All right. I guess I'll try again. I'll try the video game first, though. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, one last thing: if people want to find you online, where are you? Uh, everywhere I am TZ M-A-N-I-C-S TZ Mannix on Twitter and GitHub yes <laughs> alright cool well we'll go ahead and wrap this one up thank you again for coming thank you very much and thank you everyone for listening have a great day Chuck yeah you too bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly the world's fastest CDN Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more. 